0: Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu.
1: Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the smart mobile management system. This is Wen Tiu, your host for Mobile Power and Profit. Each week, we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with the leading thought leader. Over the past couple of podcasts, we've been talking a lot about mobile marketing. This week, we're focusing on mobile marketing and branding as it comes to loyalty programs. We have Puneet Mehta here with us this week. He's a serial entrepreneur a co-founder and CEO of Mobile ROI, a predictive intelligence technology for mobile marketing. He's a regular contributor to VentureBeat and AdAge. Welcome to the show, Paneet.
2: My pleasure. Uh, Glad to be here today.
1: Great. So we've heard a lot of people talk about mobile marketing, and so many of them can't emphasize enough about how mobile is providing such an intimate channel to reach consumers. And as marketers really think about the mobile channel, especially marketers who are in the retail sector, they really think about mobile from either a conversion basis of converting to purchases and transaction, or they think about it as a loyalty channel. What's your take between the two?
2: Um, You know, when we look at um, mobile in general, I think we need a more holistic picture than Considering it as, uh, you know, just a channel. If you Mm -hmm. think about it, you know, most of our lives are now transferred from a bigger screen to the smartphone in the form of how much time do we spend there, what are the kind of things that we do there. So, so whether I'm accessing, you know, Facebook or talking on WhatsApp or, um, you know, reading the news, um, there are all these things that I do now on my smartphone, everything from you know getting directions to making restaurant reservations to what not. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at it purely as a channel, I think is a mistake it's it 's an integral part of our lives now. So the idea of how they would engage you know on the web that yeah. involves mobile now because the web is accessed on mobile. How would they engage on social that involves mobile now because you know m- uh, more than half of Facebook traffic comes from mobile so so I think we we need to reverse that question and say what do I need to engage what do I need to do in order to engage on all these channels where we already have presence and mm-hmm. make sure that we are ready to accept this uh, you know flood of people coming in through smartphones
1: so would you talk about mobile as more of thinking about it holistically as a sub-part of everything that goes into omni-channel marketing?
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, I I think in the beginning it uh, uh, we could have looked at it as a channel because it was only a smaller percentage of people coming in through there. Um, but now um, it's an integral part of our lives. So, um, you know, when we are thinking of social, we got to think of mobile. When we think of the web, we got to think of mobile. Uh, when we think of in-store, we again think of mobile. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's probably... Um, you know, a way bigger medium than anything else we have seen in the in the history of computing.
1: So when it comes to mobile thing, you know, it's amazing. We carry this device with us 24-7. People get anxiety attacks if they forget their phone, which sort of really opens the door to loyalty programs in which you sort of want to be where the consumer is 24/7 so could you sort of talk to us more about how loyalty programs are different when you think of it about them through a mobile lens versus more traditional loyalty programs
2: yeah absolutely you know one thing we are seeing with uh, you know with extended use of smartphone for for pretty much everything is that people are not just using it to get information they're doing you know key things with it like for example they're um, you know, they're asking for a car to show up at their doorstep. They're asking for food to show up at their doorstep. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, you know, one big change is in the in the first generation when phones were there. You know, we were outsourcing our memory to the phone so that we don't have to remember phone numbers, right? That mm-hmm. that was the first, first function. The second function was we started outsourcing key functionality so that we don't have to take three steps to get something done. We could do it with a tap or a swipe. Yeah. Now, what we are doing is we are outsourcing trust, so with services like Uber services like Hotel Tonight, you know they are becoming our interface to something very important, so we are outsourcing trust so if you look at uh, loyalty programs with that lens, um you know loyalty is um, quite a bit of, you know it has quite a lot to do with trust, and a lot of times the brands that I engage with on a regular basis there's a certain level of trust there. That you know, if I need to buy a, a product in a certain category, that's the brand I think of first. Um, so I think again, um, you know, I, I won't look at loyalty with just the lens that it has to do with mobility or people walking around with a smartphone in their pocket. I think we need to have fundamentally revisit it with people now outsourcing trust through their smartphones.
1: And when you say outsourcing trust, that's a very, you know, strong word in which a lot of marketers might bristle, in which they don't want to outsource trust. They want to have a very intimate relationship with their consumers, and how do you uh, address that concern? Because it's very strongly worded, telling marketers they need to outsource their trust to their consumers.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, in this particular scenario, it's the consumers that are outsourcing trust, leveraging their smartphone. So, for example, when I use my smartphone and I order, you know, an Uber cab to show up at my doorstep, I'm able to visually see where that car is right now. I'm able to see that this driver has four and a half stars. So it's things like those, which, you know, information that I'm able to leverage in order to outsource that trust to a service like Uber, which is delivered to me via my smartphone. So it's actually the consumer outsourcing the trust The marketer still has to win that trust, but now they have a bigger opportunity because they can create a culture of transparency using the smartphone, you know, with this computer being in people's pockets and in front of them all the time.
1: So, when you talk about trust and, you know, a marketer trying to win that role or that privilege on the smartphone of consumers, what are some examples of marketers that have been able to do that quite successfully?
2: Um, You know, um, honestly speaking, uh, there aren't a lot of examples there because um, other than these high growth companies, you know, just because I I think uh, most marketers are not using that lens today. You know, if you you talk to a lot of uh, the marketers, if they think about, you know, creating new apps or delivering loyalty programs through Passbook or figuring out which is the next new campaign to run via ads it's not about the orchestrated customer journey, and that's what the smartphone is about. That's why, you know, consumers jump channel to channel, but it's about that, you know, orchestrated view of what the consumer um, is doing and what they might need next and being helpful in the moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, some companies that have done it well, some of the larger companies, you know, obviously, the high-growth startups are doing a good job at this, but, you know, Starbucks has done a decent job where, you know, a lot of the transactions that they do in-store actually happen with the app, and the reason for that is, um, you know, ease of use, but also transparency and trust through the app. Um, you know, uh, a bunch of other brands are are trying to move things in this direction, but again, uh, it's all linked to a holistic um, customer view and leveraging the smartphone to create that holistic customer view, and uh, and and that that doesn't exist today with most most companies with most marketers.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting that you should say that about how more traditional companies haven't been able to really crack the code on what you call the orchestration of the consumer experience in which, for instance, Uber or Starbucks, the way that they orchestrate their user experience is so simple. But at the same time, it requires a lot of complex technology that's quite sophisticated. Why do you think traditional companies have a hard time really getting about and making a successful, simple but sophisticated mobile approach?
2: Um, you know, if you look at any traditional organization, um, you know historically, companies have been divided across marketing, sales, and service, so mm-hmm. there, so there are um, you know, there are different teams. Sometimes they talk to each other. Sometimes they don't interact with each, each other as much, um, and they kind of run their own operation. So, so you could have a large, you know, company whether you buy a T-shirt or book an airline ticket or buy a car, and you know, that's the whole very broad spectrum. And um, when you are in different parts of your customer journey, you know, there might be different groups within that company that are talking to you. Um, and they might not have the holistic picture; they might not know that you are an important customer. they might not understand your needs, and they might not have you know any contextual information about your current situation so um, so it 's just that the whole idea that you know marketing was all about ad buying and you know serve customer service section was all about you know loyalty and winning them back. And these departments don't talk to each other as much. You know, even sales not acting as a as a bridge in in large companies. You know, that's where this uh, th- that's where we have the disconnect.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so so I think the the problem cannot be solved by you know putting lipstick on a pig and saying, um, hey, we're going to have a great app, and by the way, this is a connected experience. Uh, you know, we have to foundationally make some changes, but at least mobile brings us that opportunity to do that. So for the first time, these large companies, you know, have a catalyst there to drive this kind of a change.
1: So interesting. When it comes to mobile, it's not just about the connection in mobile, but about the context. Great advice from Paneet Mehta so far. Stay tuned to more mobile power and profit. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
0: Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Introducing Rumble. giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's when to.
1: Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. We've been chatting with Puneet Mehta about how to use mobile effectively and really thinking about the orchestration of the user experience. That mobile is more than just the connection directly with your consumers, but really about the contextual connection that you have with consumers studies have shown that with loyalty programs if done the right way it can be really effective punit with context is everything and with your firm mobile ROI that really use predictive analytics how does context play into the mobile strategy that a lot of marketers must consider?
2: The way we handle context is, you know, like I said, a holistic picture, not just of the consumer, but also what's happening around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, th- that means we need to understand, um, you know, are they stuck in heavy traffic right now, or are they sitting mm-hmm. on their couch on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. um, you know, browsing on their smartphone while they watch TV. Um, so, so a lot has to do with you know what situation are they in. So that whole concept of situational awareness comes mm-hmm. into play. Yep. Uh, but that directly links into could you interrupt them at this moment or not? You know, which is super critical. You know, we've seen a flood of companies do you know push alerting and then these apps getting deleted from smartphones and you know that all has to do with not understanding if your customer is in is in the right context if they are in that mode where they're open to receiving a message from you. So it's it's all about, you know, developing the smarts within um, your core interaction engines and you know pretty much we're seeing a new layer of technology come in system of engagement technology which did not exist earlier. So yeah. so earlier, um, you know, CIOs only had to manage technology which would perform co- core functions within um, the industry, you know, if it, it's an airline, they would be selling tickets, they would be doing fleet management for planes, they would be doing airport operations. Um, but now they have to create these systems of engagement which are all customer centric.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and that's, that's how we are seeing, you know, big changes happen and, and that's the business that we are in with Mobile ROI where we enable large brands to have that holistic view and leverage the context across all channels and, and do it in real time. You know, if a, yeah. if a consumer visits a store or they're at an airport or they're checking it at a hotel desk, um, you know, they might be in that mode for the next 30 seconds. So if it's not real time, if it's not predictive, you might lose that moment when you can engage with them and develop that loyalty and have them be an advocate for your brand. Uh, but if you do that in the moment, you could have a 20x ROI.
1: So that brings me to the point of a lot of marketers talk about capturing that mobile moment, right? You know, sending the right message um, at the right time to the right person. Any type of mobile conference you go to, people talk about that. But that is much more simpler said than done in which as a marketer, you have to define what you consider as a mobile moment. And then from there, you have to figure out how do you collect data to determine if that mobile moment is going to exist or not. And then you have to find out the technology to deliver what you want to deliver in that moment. So how do you help some of your clients um, go through that process of not only coming up with this is a potentially great mobile moment, but all the tech that needs to happen to actually um, make use of that insight?
2: You know, the way we solve this problem is, is is fairly interesting, very different from how the industry, the rest of the industry does it typically, mm-hmm. is we have a bottom-up and a top-down view. Um, when I say a top-down view, these are rules of engagement and the mobile moments that the marketer defines.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
2: go in and they take the first step and they say, hey, here are the you know, here are the six moments we must engage in, and here are the modes our customers could be in, and here's what we should do in that mode. Now, that's a human point of view based on some learnings from the past, Mm -hmm. right? So we let our system start with that, but because our system is built on artificial intelligence technology and, you know, there are machine learning elements there, the data itself is a gold mine for us. So as we start collecting engagement data, whether in these moments or outside of these moments, we are able to find opportunities and threats within that information. So historical data, whether it is customer service phone calls transcribed in text form, or
1: mm-hmm. whether
2: it is, um, you know, chat messages with customers, or whether it is, um, you know, other buying patterns which we, are re- which we can link with, you know, either weather or location, etc. So we are able to find right from the data, we let the, let the data tell the stories, and that's the bottom up view. Um, so, so day one, what happens is we train our machine learning model with what the marketer thinks is the best way to engage,
1: yep. and
2: then you know day 30 to day 90 is that period where machine learning kicks in and the machine starts now telling the marketer, you might have missed this or here's an opportunity, here's a threat, you know here's one where one of your assumptions doesn't seem to be working out, mm-hmm. and that and then they go hand in hand. So we are mm-hmm. we are practically enabling the marketer with. Um, you know, a, a machine helper right there mm-hmm. so that this this person doesn't have to keep a watch 24 by 7. You know, they can they can have an intelligent machine do it for them and keep training the model and, and learning 24 by 7.
1: So interesting. You start off with first human insight. That's the top down. And then um, as you're running through the human insights of what they consider the moment is, your technology is making predictive sort of analysis, probably structuring a lot of the data, to then um, form recommendations. And then from there, it sounds like your client can decide to have that automated or not. Am, am I summarizing that correctly?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And at some point, you, know, you can run most of it on autopilot. And you know, once, once the machine learns, learns enough about your consumers, learns enough about their buying habits, learns enough about the voice of the brand, um, a lot of it is on autopilot.
1: Yeah, so how much autopilot is good for a brand and how much is it scary and creepy of having it completely automated, wouldn't you think?
2: Yes, yes, um, you're right about that. You know, I, I don't think even from a technology perspective we're, we are there yet. So you know, we typically look at various scenarios, consumer interaction scenarios, and we figure out which ones of these are repetitive. Uh-huh. So, so normally the AI part is only the repetitive sections that are handled by AI, and non repetitive ones are are sent to, you know, real people to decide and make a key decision and answer on that front. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's essentially human-assisted AI. It's not really, you know, all autopilot from day one. Uh, so what we have noticed is uh, somewhere around, you know, 60 to 70 percent could be automated, um, yeah. and somewhere in that 30 percent ballpark. Uh, at least in today's world, I think we are, you know, um, Every few months, that gets shrunk by somewhere in the single-digit percentage. But I think once we, uh, so in today's world, it's somewhere in that you know 60 to 70 percent AI, the rest being human. I think in the next two years, we could probably do um, somewhere in that 80-85 percent ballpark. But anything incremental beyond 85 would mean a lot of effort because you know that's that's the hardest thing to solve.
1: So we only have about another minute in the segment, but Puneet, what advice would you give to some maybe not purely non-tech teams that would like to automate and get to that first tranche that you talked about to the 16 seventy percent level? What sort of um, sort of top level quick advice you would give them to help them figure out how to start automating?
2: You know, the first thing would be don't start from scratch because you know there are tools out there like ours, like Mobile ROI software that can. That can help you, you know, hit the ground running. Um, so this is a this is a problem that could be, you know, a fairly complicated problem to solve with a sophisticated technology system. So don't invest a lot of money trying to reinvent the wheel when you know there are solutions out there already.
1: It's been really insightful so far, Puneet. Um, for our audience out there, stay tuned to hear more from Puneet Mehta. We'll be right back after this break.
0: Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's when to.
1: Thank you for staying tuned with Mobile Power and Profit. I am here with Puneet Mehta talking about loyalty marketing, mobile marketing, figuring out how to really capture that mobile moment in the right context with very, very high-level advanced predictive data. So, Puneet, you've been in the business for a long time. You're a serial entrepreneur. You contribute to VentureBeat and AdAge a lot about mobile marketing. What are some hot things right now that you think our audience should really pay attention to?
2: Um, I think the, the hottest uh, missed opportunity is uh, probably mobile messaging. Um, you know, if you look at uh, the traffic on the top four messaging apps, um, WhatsApp, WeChat, Facebook Messenger, etc um the end of Q1 this year, um, total traffic on the top four messaging apps has surpassed the total traffic on the top four social networks, you know, uh-huh. which means that... Uh, uh, you know, brands and businesses are not paying attention there. Um, they, you know, a lot of their attention is going to these large social networks, you know, huge budgets going into these large social networks. Um, and um, and it's probably the the lowest hanging fruit. You know, the early movers that, that get on the messaging bandwagon would get a lot of eyeballs and, uh, you know, would be able to engage with their customers in fairly unique ways.
1: But I would like to sort of rethink that in which you kept talking about, you know, really putting a message out there to users in the right context. But I wouldn't really want to be messaging someone and having an ad run through in the way in social media I'm a little, I'm browsing a little bit more. Uh, wouldn't you think that would be quite disruptive of trying to get in on the messaging action? It doesn't seem like really quite the right fit.
2: Yeah, you know, the the, the thing is, the interacting on messaging would not be about advertising. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, you can see mobile advertising numbers, and the main reason mobile advertising hasn't kicked off like the way it was expected to is, you know, it's, it's not a very natural way to engage on the smartphone. You know, mm-hmm. people are smart enough to know this is a piece of content that they know, don't need. They don't need to tap on or look at. It's also a very personal space and uh, you know they don't just allow any brand to come in unless uh, you know they are they are they are really emotionally attached to a certain experience
1: mm-hmm. so mobile
2: messaging takes it any takes it even further there's actually no advertising in there it's all about organic engagement it's all about loyalty it's all about creating conversations in context so it's it's really filtered intent you know the consumers that you would engage with there these would be organic conversations and you got to be helpful to them and they will message back and forth um, you know only if the brand is being helpful in context,
1: so you really think uh, mobile messaging is sort of the new inbox or the new customer support line then
2: that is correct. you know Facebook recently announced uh, Messenger for Business, which mm-hmm. means you know businesses can have uh, um, their own accounts on on facebook messenger um, so so we're working with a bunch of brands to to make that happen.
1: I know what you do at Mobile ROI, it's really about artificial intelligence, machine learning, a lot of predictive analytics. So how do you see or are you guys working at Mobile ROI and how you help make mobile messaging sort of the business customer support smarter when it comes to mobile?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, again, um, the way we look at this is not just from a customer support perspective but going across marketing, sales, and service so um so i might have some exploratory questions and i might want to use messaging for that i might have already made a purchase and you know i might need help for customer service there or i might just want to make a joint decision with five friends of mine on where do we go for our next vacation and you know either a hotel company or a travel company or an airlines engages with me in context there being helpful instead of saying hey go to our website, the prices are there, boom, I'm done. And uh, so that's we already know that model doesn't work. We already know that people are not downloading a lot of these brand apps. People are not clicking on these brand ads. So now the only option that these large companies are left with is to engage in context organically you know, let go of the advertising mindset for the smartphone and get on the messaging bandwagon and say we're going to develop organic relationships at scale Mm -hmm. using messaging.
1: So we're coming to the close of our show right now. We've been chatting a lot about loyalty programs and that you really have to think about the overall context of how you really orchestrate the user experience. And then secondarily, Puneet, had brought up about messaging about thinking about very sophisticated and creative ways and how you help the consumer more and more and coming up with very simple and sophisticated ways of capturing the mobile moment. Puneet it was great having you on the program today if our listeners out there would want to learn more about more of what you have to say around mobile marketing where can they go to find out more information?
2: Sure. You know, uh, they could visit us uh, on the website. It's uh, www.mobileroi.com. And, uh, you know, we also have a bunch of different white papers there. We keep publishing, you know, new research uh, so they can use this for learning, um, you know, for getting up to speed with what new is happening. We also... Um, You have a blog section there. Again, it's focused on education and learning. So if marketers want to go in and and learn about new trends, um, also understand what is changing in the industry, they can visit us at mobileroi.com and also contact us for a demo, uh, which we are happy to do.
1: Great. So that's Puneet Mehta, co-founder and CEO of Mobile ROI. Puneet, thank you so much for coming on to the show.
2: The pleasure is all mine.
1: And to all our listeners out there, remember you can find this and more podcast episodes of Mobile Power and Profit in the iTunes stores or simply going to mobilepowerandprofit.com. Tell us what you thought about today's episode on social media using hashtag RumbleMPP. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the smart mobile management system.